How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from the Los Angeles Times here with Pedro Mota, also of the Los Angeles Times. Welcome to the latest edition of Sports Writers Blues, uh, the uh, occasional podcast of the Los Angeles Times. Uh, we have uh, taken a little bit of time off, mostly because we didn't have anything interesting to say about uh, the Dodgers or the Angels, but uh, they just had the trade deadline, and so there's been stuff going on. Pedro, man, how are you? Where are you? Hey, Andy. What's up, man? Uh, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm doing pretty well. Um, yeah, the Angels made a made a trade involving a, a player that they acquired for cash in April. So, big news. Um, your team made a bigger trade. Slightly. Slightly, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can talk briefly, I guess, about the Angels trade deadline if you want, and then get on to stuff that, you know, matter. Um, what, uh, what did, what, they didn't do anything. Um, well, I really enjoyed that because my phone cut off there for a second. All I heard you say was it, 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 like it bleeped out probably like seven words and it said angels and don't matter. And I don't know what you said in between that. Um, but we'll see later, I guess. Um, what did they do? They traded a, this guy named David Hernandez for like a guy who's not on the Diamondbacks top 30 prospects, which means he's probably not in the top 1000 prospects in baseball. So yeah, (laughs) that's about it. (laughs) You know, I was thinking about that. Like he, I would be really curious in like a pro like there's there's got to be something like I'm not going to actually do the math, but there's got to be something like 8000 prospects or something like I don't know. There's thousands. And so it's crazy to think about, you know, like a team acquiring a player who's ranked like 1100th in in the minors. So I was thinking about this in the context of the uh, the Addison Reed trade. Um, Mm -hmm. How much do you think the fat like the sort of. the fact that there's really, like, you, you can argue about sort of the different levels of, of GMs, uh, you know, who's the best, who's, you know, not the best. But at this point, there's basically, like, no, there's not, like, a sizable contingence of, like, of like bad GMs, I guess, the way there might have been, like, 15 to 20 years ago. And I say bad in the sense of, like, just not totally understanding modern concepts. Um, yeah. Because, like, Addison Reed, like, you could, you know, like, sell as, like, wow, this is a great reliever. Uh, you know, look at look at his ERA, and like, yet they got essentially nothing for him. The Mets did, um, and so it's like it's sort of people have figured out like actually like relievers are not that important, or you know what I mean? Not that they're not important, but they're they are like the difference between an elite reliever and a good reliever is pretty sizable, and the difference between a mediocre reliever and a good reliever is really small. Yeah, um, I. I don't know that I total. I agree with your 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 first point that you made there. I agree wholly. Um, beyond that, I I do think there's some value in in a, in a dependable reliever. Um, I think Addison Reed is is pretty good. I would like to have him as my third so best guy. So why did the Mets not get anything for him? Well, I think that there were so many relievers available who were kind of good uh, this year that 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 it was difficult for anyone to to obtain like real value for them it was it's so much different when you look at i know will smith last year wasn't a rental but if you look at what the what the brewers got for him last year i mean those prospects i don't think are doing all that well right now but just in terms of the present value of what was done at the time right that was uh, was like a big give big ask a bit yeah and so that that just wasn't the case this year because there were so many relievers available i mean you know the the guy the angels gave up like he has he's had a really good year (laughs) i mean he's you know i don't expect that to continue but like he's he's essentially dominated people i'm just Um, there were a lot of good relievers on the market last year though 
Yeah, I, 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 that could be that could be right. I don't really recall. I mean, um, Chapman. Uh, Miller. Well, that was a that was a weird thing. Chapman, I don't know. I still don't. Yeah, Miller. Chapman was a massive return. Um, you know, Were there as many like middling guys who you could who you could feasibly insert into your seventh inning role? I don't know. Like well, like were there I mean. like a lot of Brandon Kinsler types? No, but that's what I'm saying though. Is like you know these guys are basically like middling relievers, and people have figured that out. You know they're they're not giving up a lot for, you know, Kinsler was like, you know, cause you could say like, Oh, Kinsler was an all-star. Like, you know, he's probably got a thousand years of team control. Cause I'd never heard of him until I covered the all-star. No, he's, he's a, he's a rental. He's a rental. How was I <laughs> yeah. supposed to know? I didn't know the guy existed until I went he's, to the all-star he's pitched game. So many innings. <laughs> he's, I was looking at his stat. He's like pitched like eight seasons. I looked <laughs> up crazy. In, in the middle of the all-star game and I was like, who really is amazing. this Ian? Kin- Why is Ian Kinsler pitching? <laughs> Well, I do want to say one thing to your first point about um, about uh, that you can't you know the, the the quality in GMs is 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 less. I think this the one area where you can still take advantage is like the with with Sir, like Capalella or Capalela. I don't know how you say that for the Braves guy. Uh, he's not a bad general manager. And there's been a lot of good moves that he's made there. But there's a couple. Um, I think you can you could draw a through line between his mistakes um, with like Alex Wood and Angelton Simmons, um, two guys he gave up for. For, for unproven players in a position where he absolutely should not have. You know, he gave up guys who had a lot of potential, who had already been pretty good and right. were freaking young. I think Simmons was 25 and Wood was 24 when he traded him. Right. You know, and he gave up he gave up two guys who are now like two of the 25, 30 best players in baseball this year um, for like nothing. Right. Uh, for, for one good pitching prospect in right. Newcomb, who's not who has a serious flaw. Right. And um, I think he didn't he, he didn't at the time value appropriately value young stars on right. controllable contracts. He's not I wouldn't describe him as a bad GM because he's taken advantage of a lot of other people and a lot of other moves. Um, but though, that there's I just think there's still some weaknesses within people. You know, it's just not as simple as like right. it's not like a Ruben Amaro thing. Right. I'm so. just I'm just saying like there's you know you don't see the uh, you know like reliever for really good prospect deal that there would have been there might have been like in you know '92 or something like that it's just yeah yeah there's like sort of a, 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 a yeah I don't know so the deadline happened uh, you know we wanted to go through some of these trades and just talk about ones we really enjoyed and ones we didn't totally understand so we're gonna have a list of our three favorite trades. And uh, our three uh, more puzzling trades, and uh, Pedro, you can you can kick things off. Okay. Uh, yeah, my yeah, I'm gonna list each each one from a specific team side. Obviously, uh, JD Martinez from the Diamondback side. It wasn't quite made at the deadline, but uh, I thought that was a, a great move. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be talking about that one uh, in my other list. Wow. Um, well, from the Tigers side, yes. you could argue that yes. yeah, 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 it's, it's talk, bad. We'll talk about um, it now, yeah. Uh, so the crazy thing about the crazy thing about the JD Martinez trade is the number one prospect, and I get that prospect values can change over time, but the the best guy the Diamondbacks gave up in that trade, they acquired uh, for Cliff Pennington. Um, nice. When they when they get, when they traded Cliff Pennington to Toronto as a rental a couple of years ago, the year that he pitched in the in the playoffs, um, that was the number one prospect they sent back. Uh, Dewell Lugo. He's, he looks he looks okay, but that's it's it's pretty amazing that the the best bat who was uh, traded was was acquired for a guy who was two years ago traded for Cliff Pennington. I found right. that pretty incredible. Uh, what what do you want to say about it from the Tigers side? They made the trade on July eighteenth. Yeah, that's a good point. That you know things about the minors. Are any of these guys good? These prospects? 
the Lugo kid seems okay. I don't know. I mean, okay. I, don't, I don't know a would lot. This, would yeah. this package have been there on July 31st? Yes, yes. Okay. You I, would think from somebody, yeah. So, yeah, it is bonkers to me that they would make this deal on July 18th for the best hitter on the market, safe to say. You know, he has some flaws, obviously, as a fielder, but the, the best hitter on the market, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. to, you know, I just, I don't understand it. I, I, it doesn't make, it's, it, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. That's all. I mean, I just, I don't know why you would, I mean, maybe you could argue that they were trying to clear the decks so they could have more time to do a Verlander trade. I mean, but even then it's like, uh, yeah, just, just, yeah, bonkers. I don't think the, so. that's, that's, the, the that's unreasonable. It's just, yeah. just bonkers. You have two. Yeah. There's two weeks. You have two more weeks to wait for, you know, Yaziel Puig could have gotten injured and all of a sudden, you know, the Dodgers are at the table. Like there's all sorts of things that could have made this a, a, a much, you would think would have been made the market much more aggressive. Um, that's I, true. Also, I mean, like you could just let your team play out, uh, while you have that. I mean, they're still not that crazy out of the, the wild card race because the whole American league still kind of sucks. So, yeah. you know, I, I think at the time they made that trade, they're only like five games out or something like that. Right. It's very weird. doesn't make much sense at all. Right. Um, my next one is, uh, is kind of a similar vein. Uh, uh, Lucas Duda from the, from the Rays side, mm-hmm. not nearly as, not nearly as much of a problem as, uh, as, as the JD, as the Tigers side of the, the JD thing in terms of the Mets, you know, they had to get rid of him. There's no point in keeping him, right. but Lucas Duda is having a pretty good season and they yes. essentially gave up, you know, a guy who is not really anything for him. And they, they lucked out with Colby Rasmus quitting baseball mid season got to re you know put his money into something else and now they have Lucas Duda who's better than than Colby Rasmus and can DH or play for space. Uh it seems like a smart move from my perspective, you know, not like a not like a uh not massive, but uh it will have a positive effect on the Tampa Bay Rays remaining two months. You know, it reminded me of uh that great Sam Miller tweet from a few years ago when it just goes <laughs> what he said. Love this trade for the Rays. <laughs> Who'd they get? Who'd they give up? Uh, but you're right. It's a good trade for the Rays. The Rays did a good job. Andrew Friedman's a great GM. Um, yeah, I yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. I enjoyed covering Lucas Duda with the Mets. He was very entertaining. Um, I'll never forget before his uh, first game in the majors, Jerry Manuel compared him to uh, Moises Alou. I'll never forget that. Whoa. Um. Okay, I got I got two more um, that I had I, I had trouble deciding between um, for the next for the ne- for the last spot and the best. So I'll just say them both. Um, I thought the Dodger the Dodgers move for Darvish was good. Um, yeah. I think Willie Calhoun's probably going to be a, a very good hitter, but uh, it made sense in yeah. in the time that it was made. So it's it's not going to be bad. You know, even if even if he doesn't uh, you know lead them to a World Series, it's not. I don't think people are going to end up regretting this trade for a long time or anything like that. Right. Um, right. So. Do you have anything more to add on that? Before I thought I get it was to great. Th- yeah, I mean that would that's my number. That's the best trade I think. Uh, you know, I I think of the um, of the deadline. I thought it was uh, you know a great move for the Dodgers just to be you know aggressive um, to be sort of you know I understand sort of one of the rationales they have is they don't want to talk about the idea of winning cycles. They want to be competitive year in and year out. But I do think there is a real benefit to basically you know, showing your players that, you know, this is what, this is a year where we, you know, really think we have a chance to win it. And, uh, and just to understand that, 
you know, even if the Dodgers are going to be good for the next five to ten years, the league might not be as soft as it is in the next five to ten years. And so you do have to sort of recognize that, you know, this is a very unique situation. They're a very good team, a great team, playing, you know, against really substandard competition. And, you know, you, you need to maximize that and, you know, try and, you know, just open the window as wide as you can for this year. And so you get a guy yeah. who, you know, he has a four ERA. That's, you know, he's had a really bad month of July. But uh, I think people are afraid of him. Yeah, hitters he are afraid is, of him. Yeah, There's not hitters, really much. I mean, yeah. he he is one of the. Um, I think it's funny, you know, uh, like if you talk to hitters, you talk to hitters around the game uh, about <laughs> about who they kind of like, uh, you know, re- like fear facing the most. I would say Darvish comes up very often, uh, especially for right-handers. You know, lefties obviously talk about Chris Sale, but um, you know, Darvish inspires a sort of level of you know, fear from hitters, especially guys who haven't seen him before that, which uh, is going to happen a lot in the national in league, the national league. Yeah. And you're also talking about, you know, he's going to be leveraged really, really well. I think, you know, he's not going to be trying asked to pitch eight innings every five days. You know, he's going to be kept under pretty tight, you know, leash. Yeah. 95 good pitches every six yeah, days, basically yeah, the rest of the way. Exactly. And then, you know, just let it eat in the postseason. you know, once or twice. And it's, I think it's just, I thought it was really, really smart from the front office and to do it for, you know, like Willie Calhoun seems like he can really hit, you know, and the Dodgers believe in his bat, but he doesn't have a position in the majors just yet. He seems more of an AL player because of the DH. And, you know, I was talking to some Dodgers folks yesterday and just kind of saying like, do you really think he can hit enough to be a DH in the AL? And they were, you know, they were all basically saying, yes, like we, like we really do. We believe in his bat that much that we think he could be a, you know, a frontline DH in the American League. And so, you know, it's a good deal for the Rangers in that sense. I mean, they turned. Yeah, they, it, it wasn't a bad deal from their perspective. Right. I do not I, think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, yeah. You, you look at it on paper, you know, like I, I might have given up for Dugo, you know, to get to. I probably would have given up for Dugo. I might, I probably would have given up Bueller to get Darvish. I mean, I don't care about prospects. Um, so to, to get it for a guy in Calhoun who, while he is really talented, didn't really have a spot with the team is, uh, is pretty impressive. I thought it was a really good trade for the Dodgers. It, it was. It was a good trade. Um, but they did give up a guy who's going to be good. Uh, yes. So that's I, w- I would say the JD trade is, is better because uh, they literally didn't sure. give up anyone sure, who's going to be good. Um, and then the last last thing I wanted to mention, and this is a little bit unconventional. I don't, I don't think other people quite felt the same way. Is I, I like the, the A's trade uh, to trade away Sonny, Sonny Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Uh, you know they they got three prospects, uh, two of whom were hurt, but um, all all three of whom people think could be pretty good. Um, and you know I don't know if people have paid attention to Sonny Gray recently, but yeah, yes he's been good of late, but he was really bad last year, yes. and he has a four he has a four six seven ERA between twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen. Yes. So it seems uh, smart to me to potentially unload him on on the heels of a good run when you don't know you know not to mention I think he's had injury concerns as well he's he missed some time last year concerns. he definitely has had injury concerns um so it, it that uh that made a lot of sense to me to to get rid of him now and and obtain you know people who could really be the the future of the organization you know they're probably going to trade at least one of them away um in four to five years but. I like I like that trade. You know, I don't hate it from the Yankees' perspective because it's a guy who probably is going to be pretty good for the rest of the way, and there weren't you know other 
guys who have a history of dominating, um, which he still does, given e- even given his uh, his struggles the last two seasons. So I, I didn't mind it from the Yankee side, but um, I think from Oakland's it, it was a it was a very nice return. How much how much better do you think is the American League East compared to the uh, American League West? Um. I, I mean, that's that's a tough question because the best team of, among those is in the AL West. Right, but, but you know, so, I mean, I don't know. Can, I have to can go the through. Blue Jays still hit? Like, can the Orioles still Not hit? Not really, man. Yeah. The Angels the Angels almost swept the Blue Jays. Um, yeah. um, Can't be too careful. I don't, the, I don't know. They have three teams that I like. Uh, I don't know. That's... I'm just, not, cu- not I'm that just much. curious. I mean, not that you much. Know, there were there could there are years where you would say like, oh, going over to the AL East would be really tough, you know, for this guy. I don't know if this applies in that case. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I I agree with you. I like that deal a lot for Oakland. Okay, cool. Um, now the three worst. This is uh this is weird, man. There's some weird trades. Yes. Um, can we talk about why Baltimore acquired Jeremy Hellickson? <laughs> I would love an explanation. <laughs> And then he, you know, did you see that his arrival in Baltimore was delayed because he got into a car accident on his way to the airport? Oh, no. I hope he's okay. That's sad. Yeah, he is okay. His girlfriend was hospitalized. Okay. Uh, sad story. But, he, yeah, they had to push back his start, I believe. Um, wow. Yeah. Weird. Weird trade. I don't understand what? it uh, at all. Um, the, whole, the whole thing with Jeremy Hellickson the last couple of years has been so odd. With yeah. the with the trade market last year, and then the fact that the Phillies extended him a qualifying offer for like seventeen million dollars, right? Well, I didn't um, when he's not any good, yeah, really. Yeah, I think they assumed that he wasn't going to take gonna... it, and they were going to get a draft pick. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was a weird one. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one. This is we could talk about this whole team and what they did. Uh, Houston. Uh, and how they the only trade they made was acquiring Francisco Liriano, uh, oh, who man. has been oh, who has man. been a bad starter oh, to uh, to pitch out of their bullpen. Um, do not understand. And they also gave up like a guy who's who's basically like a big league ready, like slightly inter- not really interesting, but like probably like a one win outfielder, like not a nothing player right. um, who was who was in their top 10 prospect list. Seems very odd. Uh very, very odd. Yeah. I do not understand why that was the only move they felt like they had to make, considering their rotation, considering what the other teams who are going for it this year have done to their rotation. Yeah, we're Basically talking about all... the Astros, by the way. Did I not say Houston at some no, point? You... Oh, yeah. whoops. Uh, the Cubs, the Dodgers, and the Yankees all added uh, good to potentially great starters. Uh, the Astros added Francisco Liriano. Right. And, you, and, and they you probably argue, had the weakest rotation to begin with. Uh, you could argue the Cubs maybe had a worse rotation, but the Astros definitely had a worse rotation than the Dodgers and the Yankees, I would say. Yeah. So, wow. Do not uh, do not feel good about that move at all. Yeah. That, to me, is, a, is, a, is, an, is sort of like the defeatist, hey, the playoffs are a crapshoot sort of argument. Like... Uh, I don't know. I mean, it all depends on, you know, what the prices are. And, and I think a lot of things were complicated by the fact that, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, the Orioles are so goofy and didn't really put, you know, wouldn't do a deal for Zach Britton. Um, you know, that hurt things, too, obviously. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. If I was a member of the Astros, I'd be pretty upset. If I saw you, Darvish, was joining the Dodgers and... 
you know, Sonny Gray. Yeah, it seems in. like they should have been more involved in the in the Darvish discussions. Yeah, I wonder uh, how much their sort of uh, antipathy for each other hurt things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I've heard that that's not the uh, not the not the two chummiest uh, organizations. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we've seen more teams make trades in division recently uh, because yeah, that is another but, uh, relic are, of an earlier era that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, um, but I think I understand is, what you're saying. Yes, they're they're little, direct rivals. This one's yeah. a little different, though. I th- I think they still know. serve. You know, the trade still serves purpose for both teams. That's the point of the, of these sorts of trades is that you can both teams can win a trade if if executed well. Yeah, but I just it's I just think it's it's more like uh, Nats Orioles than it would be you know like Red Sox uh, you know Rays or something or or you know White Sox uh, Royals. You know what I mean? Like. I don't think there's there's a rivalry between the White Sox and the Royals or whatever they play in the same division, but it's not like yeah. they have a you know a loathing for each other the way that you know that the Nats and the Orioles do or that the you know the Astros and the the Rangers do. You know, there's all that stuff with like Nolan Ryan and you know. It's yeah. Just, it's just, I don't know. It's I just. I, I guess it. W- yeah. I guess it is weird to be both geographic rivals and in the same division. Um, yes. Those, the, so those two things in tandem, I guess maybe com- complicate yes. it. Um, competing for the heart of Texas, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to to mention one other trade um, from a year ago. Um, the just because it uh, it looks even worse now. The the Rangers 2016 trade for Jonathan Lucroy, Ooh. who oh, they man. who they gave up a lot of prospects for, and then traded him for a player to be named later or cash uh, this week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You talk about. Uh, <laughs> Buying high and selling low, Andy. Yeah, that's, man, that one didn't work out. That one didn't no. work out. And the guys they gave up are already, uh, you know, on the verge or helping the Brewers. So that's a um, wow. That's that's gonna hurt the organization for for the years to come. Yeah, um, we've kind of uh, talked about all the trades I liked for the most part. Um, so we can just Good. go over the ones that uh, I didn't totally understand or ones that I found uh, most amusing. Um, so my favorite strange trade uh, was uh, okay. I'm gonna name you uh, some players, and I want you to tell me who was on the Royals and who was on the Padres. Uh, Ryan Buchter, Travis Wood, Trevor Cahill, Matt Strom, and Brandon Maurer. Who was on which team? Well, I just learned yesterday that Brandon Maurer, the first letter, the first R in his name is silent. I just learned that. Um, I can tell you, I can tell you that all. Buchter was on the Padres, Cahill was on the Padres, and Maurer was on the Padres. Matt Strom, Travis Wood, and uh, and whoever the other guy was was on were on the Kansas City Royals, and they were traded. Okay. Who was the other guy? I forget. Uh, I don't know. I've already given up. Uh, I do love. I did love this. Some of the writing that was like, uh, you know, and look, I I get the Royals are in a unique uh, position, um, but you know, the stuff the react reaction was like, we're going for it. We're all in. Yeah, like, they got Trevor Cahill. It's like, all right, okay, you got you got Melky Cabrera. All right, hey, yeah, no. the Melky Cabrera trade, man. Wow, good that guy is hey, not that good. Uh, I have to look at his numbers. Yeah, I don't recall him being particularly good anymore. But let's see what he's hitting. He's got. And a I think s- I read that the seven sixty five OPS. Yeesh. I think okay. I read that the um the Royals picked up some of the money due to him too. I believe. Yeah. Like yeah. two and a half million, I think I read. Yeah. Which is 
feels like a lot for that team in that market it for is. that player. It is. It's it's something that they had had some trouble with in the past. So in that in that regards, kudos to ownership for stepping up. Like w- you look at the return for Melky versus the return for JD Martinez. <laughs> I don't know how big a difference is there. Yeah, I don't know. It's like what? Yeah, the JD Martinez one just it just makes no sense. It just I mean, they got AJ Puckett who I think was a first round pick. He was a, this guy was a second round pick last year. Uh, you know, which is I don't know if he's any good or anything, but um, you know, he's like a high draft pick just a year ago. Uh, yeah, it seems like the White Sox did well in general with all their. Yes. You know, I like the position their organization is taking. Yeah, the White Sox did a really good job. I don't know if any of these guys are going to work out, but I think they've. It, it's fair to say they had some really really good assets uh, about you know a year ago or so, and they've gotten a lot out of those assets in sort of taking a really messed up team and maximizing, you know, the, the tradable assets, it seems like. Between the sale trade, the the Quintana trade, and, uh, yeah, that's about it. I don't know. They got other stuff for guys who weren't very good. You know, like the Todd Frazier Yeah, Frazier's I mean, they got a, they got a, okay. a first-rounder for, uh, for, uh, for two relievers and Todd Frazier. Right. Yeah. Like that, a, good pl- a good prospect. That was a, that was a funny trade. I like how the, the best part of that trade, it was like for Tommy Conley, actually. Like that, he was the guy who they really wanted. Who would have thought we we talked about this po- about that guy on this podcast twice in one season? We did. Yeah, he was the one who was involved in that in that Latroy Hawkins spat. Oh, that's right. The uh, you said you just learned about him that day or the, something. The uh, the Derek Holland thing. Yeah, the one where Derek yeah, Holland where, was like was like talking about how Tommy Conley is actually a great guy. Is that right? Yeah, but it started because Latroy Hawkins on television was said that Conley was like the worst teammate or whatever. Oh, that's like yeah, that's a great story. That's like a that's as good a story as Valencia versus Butler, in terms of just like petty baseballness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another trade that I just let me scratching my head was the David Phelps trade. Uh, I seemed like the Mariners gave up a lot. No, I don't. I don't understand what the Mariners are doing. Um, I guess they're contending. I mean, they're trying to, to win, obviously. They're, on, they're only like two games out of the wild card right I, now. I understand. They're not good. Um, it seems like Jerry DePoto took over a 500 team and has made 1,000 trades to make them a 501 team or something like a 505. Like, it just seems like there's a constant swirl of activity, all of it essentially meaningless. Wow, that's that's poetic, Andy. Um, couldn't you say that about literally every trade we just discussed? No, the Dodgers got you, Darvish. The the D backs. The got chances are that will have no impact either that's, way. That's not that, true. The the D backs got. You're saying it's more likely than not that he he affects the end result of their season. Think about that. Yes, yes, I do. What? Yes. You think there's a greater than fifty percent chance that he. His existence, his 50 innings plus whatever playoff innings uh-huh. affects the club's outcome. That he, they, yes. they will, like, yes, which I means the, yes, I think it makes it you know five to ten percent more likely they win the World Series with him. Yes. Wait, but that's not. I, I'm saying fifty percent, Andy. That's like nothing in baseball is fifty percent. But you're saying that's the point of this is that it's meaningless. Oh, that's that's no, what I'm saying. Right. That's, well, that's, that's what, I've that's, had enough of your nihilism, young man. <laughs> That was what I. That was the only point I was trying to make. I've Go back to your. Yeah. No, I mean, I, no. There is a huge difference between the Cubs getting, you know, Jose Quintana, the Dodgers getting Yu Darvish, the the D-backs getting J.D. Martinez, and just some of these Mariners trades that just seem like, you know, 
trading mediocre players for mediocre players for mediocre players for mediocre players for a mediocre player. Yeah. Jeff Sullivan wrote that they're going to try – they might try Phelps as a starter next year. I don't know. It seemed, it seemed a bit weird to me. And they gave up a guy who they signed for a lot of money not that long ago, Brian Hernandez. Right. So, I don't know. Right. Odd. But they have won four straight games, and they're two games up, and they're two games – a game and a half back at the Royals. Right. Right. So, I don't know. Uh, and my favorite uh, – or I think the, uh, the worst uh, leveraging of assets uh, was uh, Brad Hand. The fact that Brad Hand is still on the Padres is ridiculous. Um, look, he's having a, a, a nice year. He's a, he's a pretty good reliever. He had a decent season last year. Um, on do, do we think Brad Hand is going to have a sub-2 ERA in 2019? Um, I don't think I've ever seen Brad Hand pitch. So I don't, I think I've said this before. So I don't really feel qualified to answer that. Uh, <laughs> he seems pretty good. I don't know, but he has a low whip and a lot of strikeouts, man. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he could, he's a reliever he, he, having a nice season. <laughs> oh, I really like the accents on reliever. Well, uh, that was good. I just think this, like this idea. Okay. Like Andrew Miller is an outlier. Not every reliever who has, you know, five crap seasons and then has a good one is Andrew Miller. Okay. Andrew uh, Miller right. is I the think... exception to the rule. Yeah. Don't – you can't I... – come on. Like, come on. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, I, I don't disagree with that point. I just like to make a counter a point that is not necessarily counter to what you're saying, but just maybe like a, a different perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's say, you know – we're not trying to now. We we're not worried about projecting Brad Hand into 2019. We're just worried right now, for the purpose of this exercise, about projecting him for the next two months. Um, you know, the, the Padres are qualified to know whether or not they think he's gonna he's gonna keep this up for two more months, right? And they probably think he will because they can. Yes, I would. Um, so, so let's yeah. say he let, let's so let's say he finishes with a sub two five ERA. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that the return that you could get at the end of this season for two more years of control of Brad Hand uh, will not be that much less mm. than what you would get now. You know, they, it'll, it'll be less, I would imagine, because there's less demand, uh, there's less uh, urgency, right? But you can also then say that whatever difference there is between, you know, July 31st, 2017 return and December 8th, 2017 return will be outweighed by the fact that the next time AJ says to somebody, hey, if you don't make the offer I want, I'm going to hold him. Uh, he, you know, that the threat means, a, you know, five, 10% more because he literally just did that when it didn't make a lot of sense. Mm. Um, so that's, that would be my argument. And I think that probably plays into his, uh, is the calculation to keep him is that your threat means a little bit more when you've traded a guy who everyone expected you or when you, when you've held a guy who everyone expected you to trade. Yeah, I guess that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. Um, now, if they keep him for the next two years and then he becomes a free agent, then I take back everything I said, and it makes no sense because they're not going to win before two thousand nineteen, uh, before yeah, two thousand twenty. I mean, it just seems it just seems like uh, you would want to. I don't know. Like maybe his value will be higher in the off season, and you know maybe you know and during the off season, more teams are kind of interested in buying, and so you know you could you could maybe you have more suitors or whatever. But it just seems like this is as high as his value is going to get. It seems like there's well, but, only downside risk at this point. Um, yeah, but like you like you just said, I mean, it, it, you can look at it like how the 
like we were talking about with the Will Smith trade, and the, the based on the year you're in, I think the value can change a lot based on who is out there seeking and what is out there to be sold. Yeah. And I, 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 I it, it wouldn't surprise me based on what the returns were for other relievers. It doesn't surprise me that someone like him, you know, that, that the return wouldn't be that massive. You know, that they didn't get anywhere close to what they what they sought. Um, I don't know. It, it definitely struck me as weird. You know, when, when it was when it was one o'clock and he hadn't been traded, but. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder. I, I don't the, think. I wonder if the Dodgers would have given up like Willie Calhoun for for Brad Hand. Well, uh, didn't didn't you write or didn't I read that uh, that some of the same prospects were in discussions for for Darvish and for Zach Britton? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was. So who who did you think those were? Who, who like? That was probably Calhoun, right? I, I mean, because those smaller Cal- guys you could replace. Yeah, I would assume Calhoun was the uh, was the bellwether of any trade the Dodgers were going to make. Uh, yeah, on Monday, he was probably would have been the, the the key to any package, um, based on just how they wanted to keep Verdugo and Bueller. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man, fire alarm! This podcast yeah. is too hot. <laughs> Pedro's pro Preller take is too hot for TV. TV or the radio. Yep. Hey, uh, do you know, uh, you know, this guy named Ben Nicholson Smith from Toronto? Dude, I love Ben Nicholson Smith. He's great. He said that he loves the reliever game and we should play it again. Do you uh, want to do that now or next week? Uh, let's do it now quickly. Uh, yeah, I'm going to just go to a random team. Whoa. Give oh. me a second here. Oh, man. Lots uh, of stuff going on. We're going to have to pause this podcast. We'll come back to it. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Pedro's having some uh, fire alarm issues, but uh, whatever. We did a good podcast. We'll try and be back next week. Hopefully, we'll have more to talk about. Um, If you want to rate and review us on iTunes, that would be delightful. Uh, Thanks again for listening, and have a great day. Bye.